So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us with whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type two collagen. Make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. The S&E Podcast Channel, the perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at sndpodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. What is up, everybody? What is going on? Welcome to the Jay's Weekend Wrestling Podcast. This is episode number 51. I am your host. I am Jay back at you, bringing you all the hits and misses when it comes to professional wrestling. Um, like I said, this is episode number 51. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while since I've been able to record, but that's all good. I'm here right now. It is December 12, 2020. And um, yeah, man, uh, I'm here and uh, just right off the bat, this 2020 is about to end. Thank God. Let's see what uh, what 2021 has in store for us. Hopefully much better than what this year had to give us. With that being said, um, I'm back with this episode and the gist of this episode is uh, honestly, even though I've been out, I've been gone for a little bit. um. I'm not going to get into a whole lot. This isn't going to be a huge episode. However, there's going to have a, a lot of good stuff. There's plenty of things to get into. Don't get it twisted. But um, pretty much what I'm going to get into, I'm going to talk about, well, you heard the theme song in the beginning of the show. That is Sting's theme song for AEW. Now, that's right. Sting is in AEW. He's been in AEW for the past week. It's been one of the bigger stories um in professional wrestling right now and uh we're gonna get into that we're gonna get into nxt takeover war games that happened last weekend that was one of uh i mean nxt usually puts on a great great show in terms of pay-per-views and uh this one was no different it was a very good show we're gonna get into that um gonna get into a like i said AEW as a whole um it seems to have a working relationship with impact wrestling and uh we're gonna get into that um and, and and there was a press uh, conference call to which uh, Triple H was asked if WWE would be interested in working with other promotions, and he pretty much flat out said the door is open. So uh, we'll see we'll see how that transpires. But um, uh, you know, it, it wouldn't be a full year without um some pro wrestling deaths, and uh, unfortunately, you know that bug has hit again. Um, last week. We lost um, Pat Patterson, who was uh, the first ever, obviously the first ever intercontinental champion in WWE history. Um, we could get into Pat Patterson real quick. And uh, well, well, here's the thing. Um, I'm 34 years old. So obviously Pat Patterson's prime in terms of an in-ring competitor was before my time. Um, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I followed his career. <laughs> he was more probably my father's time or even my grandfather's time. If you go back, um, obviously, yeah, he was a great uh, tag team wrestler along with um, Ray the Crippler Stevens. I believe they won the AWA. They were the AWA tag team champions. Um, and then um, mainly for my time growing up, I grew up during the Attitude Era and uh, maybe a little bit before that, like toward the end of what they called the cartoony era of pro wrestling um i was born during the golden era so uh, but i can't sit here and say that i remember all of it because i was a baby so let's not kid ourselves <laughs> but um my time um growing up my recollection of pat patterson was the vince mcmahon stooge during the attitude era with him and gerald briscoe um very entertaining um entertaining segments entertaining um you know 
things they did with, with the Mr. McMahon character, you know, feuding with the lights of Steve Austin and, you know, and later on the union, which was big show and Ken Shamrock and, and uh, test and um, Mick Foley. And, you know, they, they just did a lot of entertaining things. Um, feuded over the hardcore championship and all that stuff. But obviously Pat Patterson had a very, very decorated um, in ring wrestling career as well. I would say his career uh, uh, in the, in the locker room in the back um, is probably even more, um, more prestigious than his actual in ring career itself being one of the best uh, finish guys in terms of uh, putting matches together. And, you know, a lot of people, correlate that with like Dusty Rhodes and 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 other big time you know Paul Heyman other minds that can put matches together and finishes together and stuff like that but um uh, Pat Patterson is widely regarded as uh one of the best match um best guys to put a match together and put a finish together in in, in the history of the business and um you know and uh you know it's a shame i mean you know he was an older guy you know uh you know older people you know get sick and and life and life happens um but you know it's a shame whenever whenever someone in the wrestling family uh you know goes and uh you know rest in peace to pat patterson like i said uh, he had one match that i do remember him having in particular um, that I've seen on probably on cassette many a times is the boot camp match with Sergeant Slaughter. Very bloody, um, very you know talk about hardcore. They they had a hardcore match that night, and um, you know it was a very bloody match. And I believe uh, <laughs> Pat Patterson had a I Love New York T shirt on, and it, it was just you know stuff you don't forget. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, rest in peace to Pat Patterson. Uh, you know. Yeah, everybody, and the thing is, there's a there, there was a lot of negative. There was some negative, uh, things that went on, you know, toward his way and other people that worked for Vince back in the '80s and stuff like that. But this is not about that. This is just to remember the man, the 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 positive things that he that he did, and you know, in his life and uh, and his career and stuff like that. So you know, we're not going to get into the, any of the negative stuff. So you know, rest in peace to Pat Patterson. And uh, condolences to his family. Um, now, this this happened just I want to say a day ago. Um, Tiny Lister, who uh, who will probably be more regarded and known as uh, Debo from the Friday franchise, <laughs> but uh, wrestling fans will remember him as Zeus. Uh, he passed away a couple of days back. Um, yeah, and he wasn't even that old. I want to say he was sixty two. Uh, I didn't see. I didn't really read up on what happened to him. Um, I don't know if it was COVID, COVID related, but uh, but yeah, he passed away. Like, like I said, the first time I saw Tiny Lister was uh, in the movie No Holds Barred with Hulk Hogan. Um, he played the antagonist, uh, an ex-con who uh, was brought into like a pre-UFC style uh, fighting um, circuit as a way for the network to make money because Hulk Hogan, his rip character... Um, who was the WWE champion in the movie, um, refused to jump ship to their network. So they made this ultimate fight style um, competition and uh, they brought in Zeus, who was an ex-con and he was this big, massive dude. And he just ran through the whole competition until they convinced uh, Hulk Hogan's character to fight Zeus. Um, and it was this big spectacle and very dramatic and very, you know, cheesy it was an 80s movie so you know all uh, these 80s movies are all cheesy and dramatic for no reason <laughs> it's not like they're gonna win an oscar for it but you know i enjoyed it i, I love that movie i don't know why i've I, since i'm a little kid i could watch it over and over but um you know it's the right kind of cheese <laughs> but um tiny lister was actually brought in a little while after that to be an actual on-air um, character in the WWF, uh, brought in by the Macho King, Randy Savage and Queen Sherry to combat Hulk Hogan. And I think Brutus Beefcake and they had the steel cage match, I think at SummerSlam or I forget which pay-per-view it was in, I want to say 1988 or 89, but, um, but yeah, man. And, and, you know, he's done so much stuff in his career, a bunch of movies, a bunch of shows, very talented guy. And, um, you know, it's a shame, you know, uh, Rest in peace to to Zeus, aka Tiny Lista, and uh, 
you know, condolences to his family as well. Um, but, but, you know, off of the, the somber, you know, kind of dark stuff and let's get into some, let's get into some pro wrestling. So, like I said, Sting showing up in AEW last week. Um, honestly, I, I wasn't even watching AEW last week, to be honest with you, because I think I was, it was right after war games. I was getting ready for war games. It was like the pre, it was like the, uh, the lead up to war games. So I was watching NXT then all of a sudden I, I get a text from, from one of my friends. It was like, yo, Sting is an AEW. And I was like, huh? I figured he probably just made like a quick little appearance or, or anything like that. But, um, apparently, you know, he signed a multi-year deal and, uh, he will be wrestling, I assume. So, uh, I, I would think Sting wouldn't come in just to be a manager. He looks like he's in decent shape and, um, I guess, you know, he hasn't wrestled since the Seth Rollins match. Uh, so I figured, what is that, four, five, four to five years it's been? He wrestled Seth in 2015. So, yeah, it's been about five years. And it's like, wow. So And, and immediately he saves um, Cody Rhodes and, and Darby Allin from an attack from, uh, from Team Taz. And all, but, but he walks into the ring and kind of stares him down a little bit. You know, he stares down Arn and... And he look, looks down at Cody and Dustin, and then he looks at Darby like, uh-huh. You know, you look familiar. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, they're alluding to either Sting facing Darby Allen for the TNT title or Sting joining Darby Allen, which I can see happening in the future. I can see them having one match and Sting putting probably putting Darby over and then and then joining up with Darby. Even though, Here's the thing. Not... not I have no issue with Darby Allen, but, um, you know, and it's going to sound so cliche and so, you know, like old school thinking in a sense, but Darby Allen's very talented, very talented. I have nothing against Darby other than he is the size of probably my seven year old son. Like he is so tiny, you know what I mean? Like, and I love, you know, the coffin drop and, and, and the skater, gimmick and the face paint that like i said i I i've seen darby allen for years even before he got to aw when he was part of evolve like i've i've seen darby allen um and 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 i like darby i have nothing like i said i have nothing against darby it's just he it's unthinkable it's that he can hang with someone like a brian cage that they have in aw or 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 the freaking murder hawk you know uh uh I forget his name. <laughs> the dude, the uh, uh, the former TNA guy that went to New Japan and he's with Jake Roberts. Um, uh, I forget his name. Damn it. <laughs> it, it. That's what happens when I record sometimes. If I don't write everything down, sometimes my brain goes loosey-goosey. But, um, you know, it, it's hard to fathom that he can hang. Even with Cody. I mean, he had the ma- couple matches with Cody and they went pretty well. Cody bumped for him and stuff. He even makes Cody look like a giant. Like this dude is tiny, and even Sting, who's who's seventy years old. <laughs> nah, I'm a huge Sting fan. Don't get it twisted. But um, but but Sting is old. You know, he's an older guy, and and even he is gonna look so much bigger than Darby. And it's like we expect Darby to to win these matches and win these fights. Yeah, he is. He's the TNT champion. But it's like, wow, man, like, like I'm interested to see how they're going to book. Um, and, and Sting made his appearance again this week on 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 AEW Dynamite. And and he actually spoke and, you know, he said his usual Sting thing, you know, that he's been saying for years that um like don't expect uh, the, like nothing is for sure with Sting. You know what I mean? Like. Like so, you never know what he's gonna do. He did. He did say that he was that he signed the multi-year deal. So he he is gonna have some matches, and and I would assume his first match would be on on the next uh, pay per view. Um, maybe it's against Darby. Who will we'll see? But it, it'll be I'll be interested to see how they book Sting. Um, I would think it'll be a little bit better than what WWE did with Sting. Um, and when Sting made his appearance. Um, in WWE that first time, that Survivor Series 2014, um, they they brought him out out of nowhere, obviously to to help Team Cena defeat 
team authority. Um, then they did the whole booking thing with, with Sting and, and Triple H. And I was like, damn it, they did it again. The WWE did it again. And the reason why I say they did it again is because they they have these guys that you would think would be dream matches for fans and, 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 and have been dream matches for fans forever. And you don't pull the trigger. <laughs> you don't do it. Why? I don't understand. Um, let's, let's rewind to 1992, WrestleMania 8. You have Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair still in their kind of primes in the company at the same time. Everybody's been waiting for it. The former NWA, WCW heavyweight champion of the world in your company. And you have Hulk Hogan and you don't put them in the main event. You give Ric Flair to Macho Man Randy Savage, who was a commentator for the past year and a half or year and year or so. And they just literally brought back as a wrestler. And you put Hulk Hogan against Sid Justice. I mean, don't get it wrong. Yes, Hogan and Sid, that, that, that sounds like a WrestleMania match from the early 90s or late 80s. But still, damn it, you had Hogan and Flair on your biggest show and you didn't book them against each other. All right, fine. Uh, less than a year later, Flair goes back to WCW and then a year and a half or two after that, Hogan goes to WCW and WCW does it at Bash at the Beach. <laughs> <laughs> we finally get Hogan versus Flair on a big major pay-per-view. Now, granted, I'm not going to sit here and say WWE never booked Hogan and Flair because they did on house shows, okay? And and they had tag matches against each other on Saturday night's main event and all that good stuff. But you know what, man? You have the two biggest icons of the 80s from the two different wrestling juggernaut promotions. You need to put them on your biggest show. They didn't do it. All right, fast forward 10 years later to 2002. WrestleMania 18, Toronto, Canada, Sky Dome. You have Stone Cold Steve Austin, you have Hollywood Hulk Hogan, and you have The Rock, okay? You have three of the biggest stars, one biggest star from the older era, and you have the two biggest stars in the Attitude Era in this time. You bring Hogan back after all these years. What Hogan and Austin. Why not? Hogan and Austin in the main event. Now they chose to go with The Rock. And and you know what? It was a great match. It really was. In terms of psychology, the crowd was unbelievable. But could you imagine? Do you think that crowd would have turned on Austin the way they turned on The Rock? That's a real question. I think it would have been more split, honestly. I think it would have been more split because I feel like with The Rock, The Rock is one of the most popular guys of all time. You know, now he's a huge, he's number one Hollywood star, all this other stuff. But back when The Rock was just The Rock in WWE, there were times when the crowd, similar to John Cena, turned on him. When Rock went against Brock Lesnar in 2002, the crowd was going for Lesnar over The Rock. They would cheer Austin over The Rock. Even when Austin would turn heel, they were cheering Austin. You know, sometimes Triple H, sometimes Mick Foley, sometimes, you know, there were times when the most popular guy in the room was the most hated at one point. But I'll tell you this. They kind of, they, they, they were in a rough spot there. It's not like you could do a triple threat, you know, best of all time type match. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, I don't know. I don't know if, you know how that would have played out, but you know the Rock and the Rock and Hogan had a great match, and then you had Stone Cold and Scott Hall, which they both could tell you really couldn't stand. <laughs> they didn't really care for that match too much. I, I honestly would have liked to have seen the Rock against Scott Hall and Hogan and Austin, but they went that other direction, and that's what we got. Now. You bring in Sting. Who in the past 20 years have all the fans have been dying to see, even if it was going to be garbage, everybody wanted to see Sting and Undertaker. Everybody. Everybody. If if, if anybody would have told you they didn't want to see that match, they're full of shit. Okay? Everybody wanted to see Sting and Undertaker. 
everybody. <laughs> I wanted to see Sting and Undertaker. The first time Sting walked in in 2014, I said, it's going to happen. It's finally going to happen. And don't get it wrong. Yeah, I get it. That WrestleMania would have been one year after Undertaker's bad match with Lesnar. I get it. They needed Taker to take a match that was probably going to be not as high profile. So they, they fed him Bray Wyatt. You know what I mean? Like, okay, we get it, you know? And, and Bray Wyatt was a popular guy at the time. Don't get it wrong. It, it's not that it wasn't a high-profile match, because it was. It wasn't Sting, though. You know what I mean? Like, if it was Sting, I mean, uh, we get it. You know, they probably didn't know what to do. They, they probably didn't know how to book that. Who would the crowd go for? It's two baby faces. I get it. You need a heel and a baby face. But damn, man, the story the story writes itself, man. This is Sting. This is The Undertaker. This is the two, you know, dark forces of one from WCW, one from WWE. Instead, we got to relive the Attitude Era for 20 seconds. With the NWO, who we've seen a million times back, uh, you know, on and off. You, you scrape off X-Pac and Billy Gunn and Road Dogg from the back, and it's like, okay, yeah, that was fun. And don't get me wrong, the Triple H match was okay with Sting. It wasn't bad. Had some fun with it. You had Sting lose to Triple H. I'd rather have you have him lose to The Undertaker. If he was going to lose, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he should have won that match, but but that's neither here or there. But um, honestly, uh, backtracking to to AEW, I think AEW will feature Sting in a pretty cool light for his final run. Um, I'm digging the theme song, which is why I put it on the on the beginning of the the recording. Um. Yeah, man, and I think Cody and 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 the Bucks and 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 Kenny and 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 Tony Khan to a sense because you know he he'll probably know the history of Sting. Maybe they'll they'll talk they'll tell him. Well, you just gotta do your research, man. Sting's a legend, man. He's a Hall of Famer, and uh, you know, I think they'll do right by him for for the last few couple years of of his career. You know, I think he's going to have, like, similar to a Tom Brady-type contract. He's going to be here for two years, and then he's finally going to be gone. But I think, you know, he's going to give us some good stuff in AEW on his way out. Um, on, the, on the topic of AEW, Kenny Omega is the new AEW champion, okay? He defeated Jon Moxley on the same night that Sting debuted, which was, you know, it was a pretty cool, pretty good match. They had some sort of gentleman's agreement that they're not going to, like, cheat or or do some underhanded tricks or, or anything like that. However, Don Callis is in the is in the it comes out during the match and, and throws a microphone in the ring. And uh, and Kenny hits uh, Moxley over the head with the mic. And I knew Kenny Omega was going to win. I knew John Moxley needed to take some time off because, you know, uh. His wife is pregnant now, and, and, you know, they probably got a lot of things to do. So I knew Kenny was going to win. I just didn't think how he was going to win and the fact that they're now co-promoting with Impact Wrestling, which is interesting because it kind of takes you back to kind of what the NWA was back in the day, which was, you know, their champion would travel to other promotions, uh, defend the belt, and um, do some things with other promotions, and um, I didn't, I didn't know, because yeah, Don Callis being there, yeah, sure, he's he's like a supposed on air executive VP or or something like that for Impact, and everybody knows he's good friends with, with great friends with Kenny Omega, you know what I mean? So him being there wasn't that much of a shock to me. Him actually mentioning Kenny going to the Impact Zone, I was like, okay. So they're doing some Super Clash type stuff. <laughs> and if a lot of you don't remember what Super Clash is, it's, um, it was a string of pay-per-views that, uh, that they did in the late 80s to kind of combat WWE and, and WCW. It was like the, the older promotions that were, you know, part of the territories coming together. Like I, I, uh, 
Mid-South and, and AWA and, and World Class Championship Wrestling getting together to, to form one union of, of a federation to make, to make shows. And, um, you know, AEW working with Impact kind of takes kind of takes you back to the territory days and um you know the territories were you know it, it, it was interesting like you'll have one major world champion which was the nwa heavyweight champion at the time like it'll be either rick flair or or whoever harley race um you know that the funks whoever it was they would travel to each area each territory and they'll defend the belt against like that company's number one guy or whatever the case and and it'll be kind of an exciting time if if AEW is doing that because you get to see Kenny Omega or, or whoever their champion is going to Impact or maybe MLW or or New Japan or, or whoever they decide to form a relationship with, and the AEW title will become a world renowned uh, a world championship a real world championship and and that'll be something cool to see. Um, you know, maybe doing pay-per-views, co-pay-per-views, you know, with Impact or, or wherever, you know. And that'll be pretty exciting. And you'll get to see some up-and-coming talent from the other federations go at it with AEW. And, you know, it, it'll put more eyes on the product and more eyes on the on the industry itself. And um, that's always a good thing. So uh, Kenny Omega and, and Don Callis went on Impact this past week came out in a helicopter you're like real no no they went to AEW in a helicopter and um you know i mean <laughs> kenny's now trying to be a, a heel with, with don Callis, and and um you know they they were saying how the history of how they knew each other and and uh don Callis was was trained by kenny's father or uncle some craziness like that and i think it was kenny's uncle and um you know, he introduced them to Kenny at nine years old, and since then, this has been brewing and all this other stuff, and they took credit for actually forming AEW because of the match of of Jericho and Kenny at New Japan Pro Wrestling a few years back, you know, the Alpha, the Omega match. So, you know, they're doing that thing, and, and you know, so Kenny as a heel world champion, obviously Moxley's going to have a rematch at some point. Um, Like I said, maybe he'll feud have some matches in impact or have some matches in other federations. We'll see how it goes. Um, but if that does happen, then, you know, it should be an exciting time. And speaking of that, like I said earlier, uh, triple H said the door is open for WWE to work with other promotions. What promotions? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. You know who it, it would probably be an NXT thing. Yeah. Probably not a main product thing because I highly doubt Vince is going to have anybody from Raw or SmackDown, you know, go to any other wrestling promotion and do some work. But um, I could see it as an NXT thing. Like, if NXT, you know, brings in some, you know, and, and they own Evolve and they own a bunch of other other regional companies and stuff, and I know they're planning to do NXT India and all that stuff. I remember, I think Impact tried to do a, a, a Indian promotion back in the day called Rinka King. I think it was called... Jeff Jarrett was a part of that and, and other people, um, Abyss and all that stuff. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I would have no idea what promotion, um, Triple H would, uh, would want NXT or whatever to, to, uh, co-promote with. Um, but you know, like I said, if, if it goes back to the times of like the territories, it would be pretty cool because there'll be a lot more, um, promotions to look at and there's a lot of promotions to look out there now it's just you know not all of them have tv deals you could imagine uh billy corgan with his new nwa show or ring of honor who's still out there impact all these other promotions mlw all these other promotions are out there you know but people people could get more eyes on those promotions working with a big juggernaut like wwe or what AEW is right now so that would definitely be some fun times in the wrestling business right now. Um, I'm going to take, uh, let's see here. Let's talk about NXT TakeOver War Games from last week. Yeah, man, once again, another top-notch freaking pay-per-view from uh, from NXT. Honestly, I think NXT um, puts on the better, I think, pay-per-view shows 
um, than than the main product does. You know what I mean? So, and I mean, I know uh, TLC is coming up, and I mean, we could get into that real quick because I, 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 honestly, I was going to talk about Raw and SmackDown, but I'm really not feeling it. <laughs> um, I didn't really watch Raw all that much this week. I mean, I know what they're doing uh, eventually with like Drew McIntyre. Um, he's doing this thing where him and Sheamus are reliving their past and being a tag team and stuff like that. But I can see where that's going. And eventually Sheamus is going to turn on him and they're going to have a little feud going into the probably the Royal Rumble. Um, you got Randy Orton feuding with Bray Wyatt again. And, and, you know, he's playing mind games with the fiend. He's like the first guy to play mind games against the fiend. And um, they're, they're doing their thing and they had a pretty decent match. I mean, it was Randy Orton against the, uh, the regular version of Bray, the sweater Bray. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, the fiend, you know, the lights went out and the fiend was in the ring and he attacked Randy. So they're going to have their thing at TLC. Um, you know, just a bunch of raw has been pretty, honestly, pretty boring for me. And, and I would imagine other people for the past while now, um, you know, and uh, I just watched uh, the episode of SmackDown from uh, last night, uh, this morning. And um, honestly, SmackDown wasn't too bad. I mean, obviously, uh, you got your thing with Roman Reigns feuding with Kevin Owens. And um, honestly, uh, the Roman Reigns character, uh, I've I've been enjoying this this version of Roman Reigns. Um, you know, he's gonna have a TLC match with Kevin Owens, and uh, you had the thing with Sasha Banks and Carmella. Now they they're supposed to have they were supposed to have a match at TLC, but they ended up having a match last night. And honestly, you know, Carmella got new entrance music. She got a new entrance altogether. You know, this version of Carmella, I can, I can, I can stomach. Um, you know, the the dance break Carmella, the one with our truth, and and the other versions of Carmella was like, eh, okay. And, and she was okay with Cass and Enzo, but um, this version of Carmella, I can stomach. You know, they had a decent match, and uh, she laid down a brutal attack on on Sasha after Sasha got disqualified. Uh, breaking a wine glass bottle over her back, you know, doing all sorts of craziness to her, drinking champagne to celebrate the fact that she beat this girl down. And and I'm pretty sure that they're going to have that match again at TLC. Um, but this obviously I think is going to lead to a Sasha Banks victory at TLC because Carmella on paper got the win on this with this one. But um, But yeah, man, other than that, man, honestly, I really didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> what was happening on the main roster. Um, I know there was a story that came out that um that Vince wanted Keith Lee and Otis and, and a couple of other people to go back to the performance center for some more training. And I was like, you know what, man, there's other people on this roster <clears throat> that can go back to the performance center for some more training besides someone like a Keith Lee or, or or uh, or the other people that you sent back over there. I mean, Otis, I could see that, but um, but yeah, stop messing with Keith Lee, man. For real, Keith Lee is <laughs> one of the better you know guys that you got, and he's one of the ones that you they've been really shitting on. They should have just left him in NXT along with Dijakovic because that whole Retribution storyline is just a big piece of dog shit. Um. But um, but yeah, but besides that, man, that that's the main product. We're, we're gonna go to the actual good stuff, which is NXT. I'm gonna talk about NXT Takeover. Um, yeah, man, the two the two war games matches. You had the females and uh war games match first. Uh, Team Larray got the win, which was shocking to me, over uh, Team Shotzi and uh, Raquel Gonzalez, who who's looking to be the the next contender for Io Shirai. Um, the former Reina Gonzalez, who's now Raquel Gonzalez, uh, got the win over El Shirai in that match, which was which was like I said, that was a that was a shock to me. I thought I, I thought for sure Team Shotzi uh, Blackheart was going to get the win. Um, brutal, you know. Th- these war games are all brutal matches. You know, what I mean, uh, very very intense, very physical, and um, the war games match honestly was my favorite gimmick match from WCW from back in the day. You know, you got the, the the one giant cage with the two rings and and you know, it's called the match beyond. You know, they they Dusty Rhodes, I believe, had the idea for this match. And um you know, you got you got five on five, 
you you know whoever gets the wins the coin flip gets the advantage meaning after the count that person gets another teammate in to help them out and the match doesn't really begin until every person is in the ring and then the match beyond begins and then whoever gets the first pinfall or submission wins the match and um you know in WCW, they had a bunch of these matches that usually fell on their Fall Brawl pay-per-views. Um, fall Brawl usually had the War Games. Um, I think, the, what was the last War Games match they had in WCW? I believe it was kind of a whack one, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was Team NWO Hollywood against the Wolfpack against the WCW-led team. And it was, eh, I think it was like Hogan and... Bret Hart and like Stevie Ray was on one team, <laughs> Booker T's older brother. And then you got um Roddy Piper and the Ultimate Warrior and somebody else, I forget, Diamond Dallas Page, I think against like uh, Kevin Nash and Conan and, and I want to say Lex, not Lex Luger, probably Macho Man. I forget who else they had on the squad, but that was one of the worst. Uh, you know what? I take that back. <laughs> I think uh, the Dungeon of Doom uh, War Games match was pretty bad. You you also had the War Games match with the debuting Shockmaster. Yeah, they had some duds. I'm not gonna lie to you. They had some duds, but the ones the 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 classic ones like with the Horsemen against Dusty and Sting and Nikita Koloff and 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 Luger and all these other guys. Those are the classic. Um, war games matches that you know that were awesome and stuff like that. The, the ones against the Horsemen back in the day. And I tell you, MLW had some war games too. Um, when MLW first came around in about two thousand one, two thousand two, it, it was literally like another offshoot of ECW when MLW first came out. You had Joey Styles as the announcer, play by play guy, and you had a bunch of the guys like Steve Carino. Um, you had a. Uh, C.W. Anderson, you had Terry Funk, you had Dr. Def Steve Williams, you had Sabu, um, um, and then some of the younger guys. You had like Christopher Daniels, um, you had Sanjay Dutt, Jimmy Yang, you know, a whole bunch of up-and-coming guys who ended up either in TNA or in WWE, but a lot of them wrestled in MLW. I think even Rey Mysterio, before he got signed by WWE, had a match in MLW. I could be off. But I think he did. <laughs> but um, but yeah, man, uh, they had a war games match. Um, I think it was Team Funk, Team Terry Funk against uh, the Extreme Horsemen. Um, consisted of Steve Carino, uh, Just Incredible, C.W. Anderson, uh, Barry Windham was on the team. Um, and I forgot who else. One more guy, and it was supposed to be Terry Funk. I think uh. Jerry Lawler, I think, was supposed to be on the team, but I think he backed out. Um, uh, the Sandman, you had um, a Dr. Dev Steve Williams before he passed away, God bless his soul, and um, and some other guys. But, but yeah, MLW has had, and, and during their resurgence, they had a few War Games matches. Um, War Games is honestly, like I said, one of my favorite matches, one of the matches I wished that that WWE would bring in and we got it with NXT obviously Triple H at the helm former WCW guy himself so obviously you know he knows what the fans want honestly man NXT for me and I miss going to the NXT shows I live out here in Florida I used to go to them every Wednesday at the at a what do you call that full sale university and you know I, I miss going to those shows man I really do um, hopefully we get this COVID thing under control and, uh, we're able to go to live shows again because those were some great times, man, you know? Um, so with the war games pay-per-view, obviously, like I said, team LaRay got the win in the first match. You had, um, Cameron Grimes, going, my man, <laughs> my man, Cameron Grimes going up against, um, uh, what, uh, Dexter Loomis, who was, uh, who I remember as Sam Shaw from TNA. I, yo, nothing, nothing. A couple years back, I think before he got signed, um, I actually ran into him in a Publix out here in Florida. <laughs> I didn't want to bother him, though. I, I, I noticed him right away because of the mustache, and he was a big guy. You know what I mean? So I was like, oh, that looks like Sam Shaw. And it was Sam Shaw. <laughs> but um, the, the Dexter Loomis character I've really enjoyed. 
um, since he came into NXT, and you know he's been doing a real good job with it. And you know I, I listen to a lot of wrestling podcasts, and I have for years. Which and uh, one show in particular, two shows in particular, is the one that really, um, really gave me the 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 motivation to want to do one myself. Um, and this was years ago, but um, I, I listen a lot to the Don Tony and Kevin Castle show. Um, and wrestling soup and 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 Don Tony did a show with missionary Thomas of uh and they called breakfast soup and they were talking about war games and and I think it was Mish that was saying I think it was Mish that he was saying that um that he thinks Cameron Grimes and 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 this guy might become a team and not or uh, no I think that was Don Tony and I think uh Mish wanted Siggy Dice who's gonna <laughs> from NWA to team up with him I think that'll be pretty cool too but um yeah these makeshift tag teams that get together man off of feuds I you know those are always the fun ones you know what I mean like Booker T and Gold Dust was a fun makeshift you know tag team and you know so <coughs> excuse me so yeah man um uh you know, it was a strap match. They had a strap match, and it was it was a, it was a fun match. You know what I mean? And uh, Loomis got the got the win when he you know pretty much strangled him with the <laughs> with the strap. He got the win. Um, you had the NXT TN. Uh, I almost called it the TNT Championship. Wow, you got the <laughs> the NXT North American Championship. Johnny Gargano and Damian Priest against Leon Ruff. And a triple threat match, and Johnny Gargano got the win when we got the reveal of who was under the Scream Ghost face mask, and it was none other than Austin Theory. So we got the whole Gargano family now revealed. We have Austin Theory, we have Indy Hartwell, and of course Candice and 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 Johnny. So the whole Gargano Way family has been revealed. And Johnny Gargano is once again the teen, the almost did it again. <laughs> <laughs> the North American champion. So Johnny Gargano is the first ever, I believe, two-time NXT North American champion. Um, then, uh, am I missing besides the men's? Was, uh, forgive me. I am, like, tired. <laughs> oh, we had a, apparently they had a dark match before the show went on the air. It was a six-man tag. It was Legado de Fantasma. Santos Escobar, Raul Mendoza, and Joaquin Wilde, they defeated Kurt Stallion, Ashante the Adonis, and Austin Gray. Wow. Interesting. Um, oh, yeah. One match that I am missing out on is the match with Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher. That was a physical beatdown of a fight. That that was a great match. Um, obviously, Timothy Thatcher is, is one of the more um, brutal guys in, in, in the business as well, uh, the most technical. He's a very technical style, very bruising style, and I enjoy it a lot. You know, he's very gritty. You know, he's missing teeth and all that stuff. <laughs> he is a he is the definition of what a pro wrestler is. And then going against one of the best, you know, one of the you know former NXT champion and Tommaso Ciampa, who's also very brutal in the ring, and he's also could be very technical too. Um Ciampa gets the win in a very, like I said, a very brutal fight, brutal match. Um, and, and two of my favorites. I, I like them both. You know what I mean? Ciampa's one of my favorites, and I like uh, Thatcher as well. And then you go on to the men's, uh, the, the men's war games match. Undisputed Era against Team Pat McAfee. Um, now, here's the thing. Uh, I think Pat McAfee originally wasn't supposed to be in this match. It was supposed to be Ridge Holland, but he got hurt. After I think the last takeover, um, so that's why Pat McAfee was even in this match. I think McAfee was just supposed to be the manager, to be honest with you. But Team McAfee, you got Pete Dunn, you got um, you got Pat McAfee himself, and you got the NXT Tag Team Champions Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch going up against Undisputed Era. Obviously, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, and Roddy Strong, and uh, Undisputed Era win this match and um. I think uh, War Games has belonged to the Undisputed Era. <laughs> I think they've been in every War Games match in NXT. <laughs> um, but yeah, good match. Uh, Pat McAfee, you know, impressed me again with with the things he did in the ring. You know, he did his his uh, swanton off the top of the cage and stuff like that. Pat McAfee has done a very good job uh, in the small role that he's had in NXT. 
um, you know, the talking, the the actual in-ring stuff. And this is a guy, yeah, he, he's, you know, he wasn't just a punter. I mean, he was a punter, but, I mean, he's an athlete. You know, he's a professional athlete. And, um, you know, good for him, man. He, he's done a great, he's done a great job so far. Um, and he's done, he's has a lot of things going for himself. He got the podcast, he got, you know, the, the show and, and he's been doing this and, you know, big up to him, you know, uh, unfortunately Bobby fish got injured again and, uh, he's had surgery. Ah, man, I mean, I'm not one for saying guys like should retire or anything like that, but I think Bobby fish should be like the manager of undisputed era who gets involved once in a while or is in a match once in a while. You know what I mean? I don't think he should be full time, man. That dude gets injured so much. You know what I mean? And then you got Roddy and, and Kyle and Kyle's been injured a couple of times too. But, um, but damn man, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, I, and I'm a fan. Like I, I like Bobby fish, you know what I mean? But he's not a spring chicken either. You know, he's been at this a long time. You know, so I mean, we'll see how that we'll see how it goes, man. I hope everything goes well for for Bobby, but um, the undisputed era get the win, and then we fast forward to to NXT from this past week. Finn Balor makes his return, and uh, he's ready to defend the NXT championship uh, at New Year's Evil, which is the next NXT show that uh, pay per view style show that they're doing. I believe it's January sixth. Um. Yeah, and uh, apparently uh, the two contenders that are going to go at it f- to for that honor to face Finn Balor is going to be Pete Dunne and Kyle O'Reilly. Um, however, one guy made his return this past week that might have something to say about that, and that is Karrion Cross. Um, Karrion Cross made his return. He beat down Damian Priest, who was talking shit. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this is the guy that, that got injured and had to relinquish the NXT uh, championship due to injury and um and he never lost the belt he never he's still undefeated in nxt so i see that probably turning into a triple threat match and i see carrion cross going up against finn balor at new year's evil now maybe maybe this feud could lead to the demon king finn balor returning that'll be interesting i would love to see a feud with with carrying cross against the demon that would be amazing honestly <laughs> um can you imagine the entrances for both men <laughs> you know what i mean but um but yeah i'm very intrigued to see uh the two which i believe is the two main shows which are on wednesday nights uh aw and and uh and um nxt to see what they do with what aw does with sting and all the other young up-and-coming talent that they have in AEW, and I can't wait to see how NXT shapes up with with Karrion Cross coming back and um and everything with Finn Balor and, and Undisputed Era and 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 everything, man. I, I'm just I'm just a happy-go-lucky wrestling fan right now. You know what I mean? Um, with that being said, I think uh, honestly. In terms of everything I wanted to talk about, <laughs> I think I'm pretty much done there. Um, one thing I want to get into before before I I get off here, and it's it's something off topic. We're gonna talk some boxing, okay? The Mike Tyson Roy Jones Jr. fight that took place a couple weeks back, the exhibition. I think honestly, those guys did a great job. I think they did an amazing job, especially for guys their age. Um, honestly, if if it was a real fight and a real point system and all that stuff, I think Tyson would have won that fight easily. Um, poor Nate Robinson. <laughs> I know Nate has been like the talk of all the memes and all that other stuff. You know, I, I applaud him just for getting into the ring, but he obviously did not. He he should he did not belong in there, and uh, he gets knocked out by Jake Paul and 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 completely taken out apollo creed style (laughs) but um but yeah man i think tyson looked great i think roy looked good and and tyson wants to do it again rumors are swirling around that it's going to be tyson holyfield three we'll see um and and roy will probably want to do it again you know let's see what he does and now here's the thing the other paul brother uh that was Jake. I think the other one's Luke Paul or something like that. He got a fight with Floyd Mayweather Jr. 
that should be interesting, I guess. I mean, I didn't think Floyd would actually take that fight, but I guess there's a lot of money in it. And uh, you know where there's money, Floyd will be there. <laughs> so so Floyd Mayweather is going to fight one of the Paul brothers, uh, I believe, in February, I think. I think that's what the date is, February something. So we'll see about that. But, yeah, man, I just wanted to get into that real quick. You know, I, I'm a huge Mike Tyson fan. He's my favorite boxer of all time. And I, and I just thought he looked great, man. Um, <laughs> he was so funny, too. He was like... Um, when they interviewed him in the post fight, uh, and they were like, oh, Roy, you know, um, did you ever fear that you would get hurt? And Tyson's like, what about me, man? I'm the one that hasn't fought in 15 years. Everybody's worried about him. <laughs> <It> was like, <laughs> I, just, I just thought it was so funny. And it was so cool seeing all those guys and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, man, with that being said, like I said, this is going to be a short and sweet show, man. And, um you know, this was episode number 51 of the Jay's Weekend Wrestling Podcast. I will try to be back on next week to get into all the updates and all the stuff going down. And it will probably be, yeah, it will be a TLC preview show because TLC is a week from tomorrow. So, yeah, there we go. <laughs> and I will do, I'm going to try to get my pops back on to do another um old school horror podcast he's been wanting to jump on and um i'm gonna get him back on here to do that so like i said this is episode this was episode number 51 of the jay's weekend wrestling podcast i want to thank everybody who is gonna listen and download and stream and all that other good stuff get this on the snd podcast channel snblog.com and also johnnypodcaster.com <laughs> thank you everybody for listening i'll catch you next time peace Introducing SN Snapshots, a new photography business started up by SND Podcast co-host Steven. Make sure to follow him on all of social media such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching SN Snapshots. That's shots with a Z. He can also be reached very easily through his website, snsnapshots.com. So if you need a photographer for any sort of event and or project, contact SN Snapshots now.